Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Gresh and Fourier. On WEEI. Download the Odyssey app and listen on demand anytime. Our goal is to win, for Christ's sakes. And you keep talking about the CBT. You keep talking about prospects and your long-term goal. Like, you just basically told us we ain't good enough. We suck. You let us down. Angry Lou. Angry Lou. A hole the size of I don't even know what in that bullpen. Keep playing like dog Great call by manager Lou. Go get me a goddamn first baseman. That's what I want. I don't want an outfielder D8. I need a first baseman. Okay, Lou, I'll ask you something. What? How do you go into the season without a closer? How do you not address the closer situation? Lou, what's up, bro? Good, how are you doing? Good. Well, it's always great to have you here, Lou. Oh, it's 12 o'clock on Friday, and that means it is time for the voice of baseball in Boston. Yeah. Our guy Lou Maloney is with us on the Harbor One Hotline. He's doing his best yeah. L.A. night now. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it's like the voice of the Red Sox. It's like the most silent voice. Like, like they, it, the team is silent. It works in the shadows. Oh, I'm still kind of down right now. I just need them to sign somebody. Yeah, I mean, you're down. Yeah. It seems like, um, I don't even know how to phrase this. What's that? I think, I feel like you're a little jealous. What do you mean? As, you know, per usual, you know, there's, according to you, there's this uh, odd double standard that exists with the perception of the Red Sox me? And, uh, <laughs> and the Red Sox and the Patriots. Well, I mean, listen, this has always been a hot topic for you. You know that. For and me. then, and here we go again, yeah. right? Hey, yeah. the Patriots don't spend, and yeah, it's almost like they get a pass. Yet the Red Sox, yes, uh, somehow, uh, you know, don't. Well, you've always, yeah, you know, always, always had to touch the nerve, right? And and I will, I'll start it with this: the Red Sox are being cheap. There's no excuse for them not spending. High ticket prices, the market, they're acting like a small market team. They should 100% spend to that tax, and they should go over the tax. There's no excuse. It's not letting them off the hook. The Patriots are the exact same way. The Patriots actually have the same problems that everybody bitches about with the Red Sox. And sorry, Robert Kraft, it's not perception. It's fact. You don't spend. You were 31st in spending. You're 27th in spending. You were 29th in spending three or four years ago. You spent one year, and what that do? Got you embarrassed in the first round. Your management is all screwed up. You can't judge talent. You've let great talent leave that building for nothing. Brady, Gronk, you name it. What do you want to go? Shaq, I mean, Shaq Mason, what do you want to go? I mean, you can go up and down this roster. They don't have an offensive line, just like you don't have a rotation. I know it's just, you know, offensive line is important. You don't spend money at all on your soccer team. The poll that would the poll that with the poll that went out about oh, your like about your weight room, your training facility, one of the worst in the league. That's like, not true. It is true. The poll. Oh, I remember that poll, but it's like their their weight room is fine. The players said it. It wasn't like fans. Uh, what else do they need? I'm just saying it's very very similar. Yet Robert Kraft still continues to get the pass in this town. He's like untouchable. That's all. Well, I you would, know, I've always been on that rant. Yeah, I would say there are two reasons why. Number what? one. The owner comes across down in Foxborough as a human being. 100%. Not a robot who freezes whenever someone boos or heckles him. And number True two, yeah. 
I know the philosophy is to be cheap in in Foxborough because they did get good players to take less. What is the philosophy over at Fenway for 20 years? That's my problem is I could manufacture some outrage like you, Lou, but the problem is for 20 years they've taken me on a ride of up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, and that is more maddening than having somebody who's cheap but wins. Well, I've never said it was a perfect analogy, <laughs> but they are oh, one of the Christian cheaper organizations. Christian set this up as if this was you with your torch <laughs> oh. running through. No, no, no. It no, feels no. like it. It's, it's, it it's not a perfect like analogy, yeah. and, I, and I understand it. Once again, it's not letting the Red Sox off the hook. You know, The Red no. Sox were fifth and sixth in spending, went to an ALCS in 2021. I mean, I know it's not one, two, or three. Mm-hmm. Dropped out of the top ten for one year. And they get shredded. I mean, Kraft has consistently been in the bottom five. You know, and everybody points to, like, ticket prices. I know the Red Sox have high ticket prices. I mean, I know it. They're third in baseball behind the Giants. I mean, the Yankees and the Dodgers. Do you guys know where the Patriots' ticket prices are? Well, they're pretty high. Third in the NFL. And they are the 31st in cash spending. But you never hear that. I bet you a lot of people don't even realize that. Because they have a a buffer, and the buffer is Bill Belichick as opposed to Sam Kennedy. No, no, no. Again, not a perfect analogy. I get it, but what is is Bill that much better with the media than Sam? No, but no, but in a lot of ways. No, but you know where I, where Bill and this is in part on Tom too, where Bill maybe wins the day is he got Brady to take less. Yeah, but and here's the thing: and there's it's, no it's, one it's, who's been able this, to get like guys Rush, like Mookie to take less. I, I, I get it. I get it. It's not. I'm not comparing. I'm not saying the Red Sox aren't bad. Oh. All I'm saying is that the Patriots are as well. And don't get any heat for it. Like oh, they are as just well. Give it, give it two years for what uh, we're about to go through. Well, it's been ah. a four-year. It's been a four-year rebuild. Yet four-year rebuilds aren't aren't acceptable at Fenway. <laughs> Apparently, they are at Patriot Place <laughs> with a team with no quarterback, tight end, uh, wide receiver, line, or coaching uh, staff. But well, they're filling up that coaching staff. It's, um, the point is this: yeah. they're very, very similar. That for some people, people don't want to recognize it. I get it. Pound on the Red Sox. They deserve it right now for everything they're going through. They should not be doing this. They should be spending money right now. The point is, is that you got a team down in Foxborough that is very, very similar and probably further off from winning, and they get nothing. They get disappointment. They get some comments here and there, but it sure, certainly isn't the emotion that Fenway does. Uh, Lou's weekly visit with us is sponsored by McFarland Energy, the heating, cooling, and bioheat delivery pros that Eastern Mass and all of Cape Cod depend on at McFarlandEnergy.com by the E.L. Harvey companies, including NASA Disposal and Mega Disposal, your local trash collecting and recycling providers, and by Eviva Trattoria, Italian-inspired locally, made from fresh, whole, locally sourced ingredients. That's a lot of sponsors. It is, Lou. You're, You're unbelievable, important. man. I mean, Everybody really wants is. to be a part of the Lou Merloni deal. I mean, Big, I like it. Yeah, that is, uh, that's pretty good. Here's the one thing that is kind of starting to grade on me a little bit about it the Red Sox. Is. Yeah. No, you me. know what it is, me Lou? Too. <laughs> it's the, I, I get it. Don't talk to me like I'm an out-of-towner about Fenway Park. I get it that it's an experience. Yeah. I get it that people want to go there. I know they pumped up the whole, well, people come in from Japan to go there. That's great. I'm not one of those people that walks around like a tourist. I've been there. I've done that. I love Fenway Park when I can find a seat that actually fits me. But does the organization have to continue to pound us over the head about the Fenway Park experience when a lot of us around here who are going to be part of the 2.5 million that go there have already seen the damn place? 
Yeah, no, and, and I think we've hit this in the past too. It's like you know the whole experience. I, I don't really care. The experience for me is winning ball games, and I think that's most Red Sox fans. Like it's nice that people from all over the world want to come and see Fenway Park. But I want that place with Red Sox fans. And I want them there because the team is winning, because their stars are on the field, the people that they're following. I think that's, you know, Cora wants the same thing. He's mentioned it before, wants that to be a tough place to play. You know, I, I can remember going, like, even like in Cleveland with Eric Wedge talking about those, some of those teams, 07, when they walked into Fenway Park. That very young team was rattled. They didn't know what to do. Fenway Park was nuts. It's insane. And it's been a friendly environment, like friendly Fenway by a different definition. It's friendly for everybody, including the visiting team. So it's their job to put a competitive team out there, especially one that's going to be covered by Netflix. Like, what a year. Like, that's what I don't, I don't, you know, it's like you knew it was coming for a while. It wasn't decided. And it's just, it seemed like, you know, if you're Netflix, you're like, maybe the Dodgers, the Braves, we want to continue to do this for years. And, and instead it's, it's Boston and I just, I still feel like they are a Montgomery and like an, an, a Soler or something like that from actually being in this playoff race. I just don't, I, I, the whole thing's very confusing. To me. And, and back to just the Montgomery piece of this. So I just, I feel like he's just there. He still hasn't been signed. You know, yeah. uh, spring training is, it's like, is this just one big, just little standoff here between these two sides? Why yeah, don't they? I, I don't, I don't know if it's a standoff. Like, I don't know if the Red Sox are like, you know, we're going to keep waiting them out, waiting them out, and get them at our price. I think it's more like, you know, walk away power. Like, they're willing to walk away. They're like, if it's not at their price, we'll walk away. I don't agree with it. I think they should kind of dive in and take advantage of what is going on right now in baseball. Like, it's like to me, again, it, it's J.D. Martinez, that contract, you know, a two-year guarantee with options. You want to get out of here after two years? Fine. He stayed for five, you know, but it's just like a missing piece could he fall into their lap? I guess. I mean, he's too perfect of a fit. And everybody in baseball feels the same way for me to sort of be like, give up on that idea. So we'll see. We'll see what happens in the next week. Uh, Lou, I hate to bring this up because yeah. I feel like you were maybe ahead of the game with us. I think it was two weeks ago when I do believe you uttered something to the effect of, what the hell is Kenley Jansen even on this team for if yeah. they're going to be constructed the way they are? And sure enough, now some two weeks later, whether it's out of L.A., Philadelphia, you know, uh, MLB radio, people are now talking about the Red Sox listening on Kenley Jansen. What do you think? Yeah, I, I still feel like it's going to happen. Um, again, this was a guy that was very vocal last year that said, I came here to win. And it seems like this team, as of right now, has taken that step back, not forward. And if he's going to have that attitude about his team last year, like he, I could just see him sitting in his locker kind of looking at the media going, what am I still doing here? You know, I mean, he's at the age of his career that obviously, you know, there's some numbers he can accumulate as far as saves go, but he wants to pitch in October. So, and I think it's a valuable asset that some teams will want. I know it's $16 million and and I think he's good. You know, I think he's good. But you look at some of the numbers, it was, you know, it wasn't the best year of his career. It was borderline one of the worst years of his career, even though he was good. at He had some bad stints, right? But I just feel like other teams that are trying to win will be more interested in him. But this thought that you're going to get a starting pitcher for him, I mean, the teams that want him are trying to win. They're not going to give you anything. you got to include other stuff to maybe get a double-A, triple-A arm. This isn't going to be like, hey, we can go get you know a starting pitcher for Kenley Jansen. In the event Kenley Jansen is traded, who is your choice to close? <sighs> Well, <laughs> if I got my dream and I got Jordan Montgomery in here, it would be Tanner Houck, and it would be Chris Martin. It would be a combination of those guys. I think Garrett Whitlock. I think those three guys would kind of be in there, and that's the thing with Montgomery. I can solidify a bullpen. 
I can free up money with Jansen. I can sign Montgomery. I still feel good in the back end. You know, I'm still under this precious CBT number that everybody apparently needs to be under for some reason. So, I mean, I think it would really help out in a lot of areas. So, um, let's go back to... Uh, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Is, uh, why everybody's going to be under for some reason. <laughs> uh, Theo Epstein, it's been about yeah. a week now since uh, he was announced. Uh, it seems like his role has maybe been defined by a couple different reports. I'm just curious... Do you have any more intel on what you think is going to be, what he's going to be doing? Has it changed from the last time we talked to you last week? It hasn't really changed much for how I feel um, about it. I do think that, you know, a lot of people close to him have always talked about him having visions of owning a baseball team. And maybe he's sitting around and he's sort of getting some experience now, waiting for this Nashville thing to break. That was something Dave Dombrowski was high on before he jumped to Philadelphia. Um, so whether it's a short-term three, four, five-year thing or a long-term thing because he does get more control here with the Boston Red Sox, um, I never felt like, you know, and I, I know Sam Kennedy's been talking and maybe clouding the waters a little bit, obviously, but um, he's not day-to-day, you know. He's not like there with waiver claims and things like that. He's there for the stuff you want him for, the big decisions, the direction of the club. In my mind, he's a closer, you know, and it, maybe it's not this year, it's in the future. Hey, we need this guy. All right, Theo, why don't you come with me to John? You can convince him to spend. Or why don't you jump in this room with this agent? Why don't you help me on this phone call with this trade? Like those sort of things. He's a closer. And I think he, he, he desperately wants this team to succeed. Everywhere he has gone, he's turned things around. He's 50 years old. He hasn't lost that desire to compete. And he's come here to change this thing. He's not going to put himself together with a team that loses. So he wants to turn this thing around. If that's three, four, five years, so be it. Hopefully it's longer than that. Uh, Lou, what do you make of the Netflix series and how much are they going to have to use you to create content? I don't get it. I, I really don't. This, you know, um, it's not a HBO hard knocks. Hey, check it out every Sunday to recap the week. It's going to come out in 2025. So the idea of getting to know your players, we won't get to know them until next year, until we watch it. You know, That's true. In, in, you know, in, in covering this team, like I was thinking about, I'm like, ooh, Cora could be a big winner, right? Obviously, he's going to come off well in this thing. People are going to like him, and he's going to make a lot of money in the offseason somewhere else. But it ain't going to come out till 2025. He'll already probably be somewhere else. You know, and, and I just think about where this year could be. Like, but you put a documentary. I don't want to watch 2020 all over again. Like, I want to forget about that season. Like, this year, like, if, if it's a playoff year, I get it. But, I don't know, if they don't make the playoffs, like, 12 months from now, I'm going to sit down and want to watch it? Yeah, I don't understand. Why not Why not turn it around like they would behind the B or, yeah. or hard knocks? That would make more sense. You, yeah, I mean, because if, if, the, if the idea is to kind of showcase the Fenway experience, you're doing it in the winter when nobody is even giving a crap, they're probably going to be talking about a bowl game play yeah. being played there Listen, or, a, or a hockey game. Yeah, I, I think it's obviously moving forward, right? Like, you know, the Red Sox are the first team to do it. There's, there's something there. Uh, I get it. Get to know the players. Get to know the grind. Uh, I, I think it, for me it would be very, very interesting. It's just that I got to wait a year for it. Like you said, if I had like one week at a time or one month at a time during the season and go back and look at what went on during that month behind the scenes – uh, I got to know the players as the season was going on. You know, like it just it it would make more sense. I'm sure they'll do a good job with it. Like Netflix would. Um, I just I just don't know. It's it's, it's just weird that you, you wait a year for it, and this is the year you're doing it. It's just it's a little different. What I want to know is, does Nesson get that free programming? I mean, as a, they're the kings of that over there. Will Netflix give it to them so they can put it on and you know? Uh, run it on a loop on Christmas or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. We'll Slide that over there. Ask, I know. ask, the, ask the higher ups, but um, oh yeah, you'll have to do that. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, you can you can uh, you can ask Forrest and uh, and find out. Uh, all right, uh, Super Bowl lean yeah. and uh, any bets you like for Sunday, Lou? Uh, I still to this uh, I am not going against Mahomes. I'm just not. <laughs> I've sat here many many times, like we said two weeks ago when I had them. As a matter of fact, like alternate line giving points to the Ravens, and it was like the same conversation. It was just like you know questioning. Um, what Lamar Jackson can be and who Patrick Mahomes is. I'm not going against him. San Fran's got a better team. I've seen that before. I've caught that act before where everyone sat there and said, this team's better. Even though they got Brady, it doesn't matter, and it doesn't matter. I think Pat Mahomes wins the Super Bowl. You know, we're gonna have to hunker down before baseball season and tap into uh, tap into some of your knowledge to figure out our uh, MLB futures. Oh, boy! Yeah, I mean, you look around the league because there's always some hidden gems. You know, like those like 75 win teams. You're like, no, 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 that's a good team. You know, that's a pretty good team. They're going to win, you know, over 80. So there's, there's some good gems. Yeah, and figuring out, like, who's going to win the American League is where the value might be because the yep. Dodgers are going to be such a heavy favorite in terms of winning the World Series. But yep. we got time for that. We got uh, time. Hey, when do you, uh, when do you uh, hop on the back of the, uh, of the truck to uh, head to Florida? There'll be no truck in my plans, but there will be a plane, and that'll be about February 19th or so for about 10 days. Ooh. And then come back for a little bit and go are back. You, are you going to room with Bradford? Bradford? Yeah. No. Didn't he like get a house one time and you guys all had to stay with well, him? I think I'm gonna crash there one night oh, okay. with him and Doug, you know. And oh, as much okay. as I enjoyed, I'll probably get together with them, maybe go over there for okay. an evening. But right. you know. Twin Peaks. Here we you come. Know, my again. own thing. Twin Peaks. <laughs> that's the real that's the real Netflix series right there, is all that spring training. Lou, thank you, man. We appreciate you. All right, boys. Have a great weekend. There we go. Our guy Lou Merloni, and he's brought to us by McFarland Energy, the E.L. Harvey Companies, and Eviva Trattoria. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app. And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go. Grash and Fourier. On WEEI. Well, there you go. Well, you're welcome, Bet MGM. Yeah, free advertisement. Oh, yeah, right. I didn't know there was that much in there. Oh, uh, me neither, to I be honest with what, you. Oh, you, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was shorter when I was watching it this morning. Oh, on the can? Yeah. Actually, yeah. Everything goes faster when you're taking a dump in the morning. Oh, well, I cleaned it up, please. What? Dropping some kids off at the pool. You make a mess. You, you Listen, whatever you do on your home time is... Here's the thing. It, it is It is like... it used. There used to be a time where there was some, uh, I don't know... Um, surprise, you know, when it came to, like, these Super Bowl ads. They just release all the commercials. I know. That was they, a, for those who don't know, that was that was not a commercial we played here. Mm-mm. That is a uh, apparently soon-to-be Super Bowl commercial. By the way, I am so out of the loop on this. I know you mentioned it in the, in like, when we were putting the show together and all that. I haven't seen none of these. Well, they're they they've released. Is that a me thing? No, no. I mean, it's not like I was digging for it. it just kind of popped up, and I just started and went down a rabbit hole. And they, I found a site. They literally every single commercial is already released. 
Not that it's like, you know, anybody cares, but the, the Super Bowl used to be so much about the commercials and the Doritos and the Bud Light and the this and the that. And and now, you know, there's no anticipation whatsoever because you've already seen it, right? And, like, I just think about Brady and just, just how his life has evolved into this just massive superstar, right? And it's just... You know he's everywhere. Well, it makes you uh, it makes you realize why Fox is paying him eighteen and a half million dollars a year to call football games. And, and I would like to because uh, guess who's not in that commercial? I, I know. And I Greg would, Olson. I would officially like to take an L. Officially, um, say that I was wrong. No one is gonna give a crap about Greg Olson. Like when you see, like, there's been Brady's been real active lately, you know, on Twitter and Mm -hmm. doing videos and Let's Go podcast, and he's talking to. There was this great little breakdown that he had with Steve Young, and then when you hear Brady talk about football, you realize, like, any there, the only person who can literally hold his jock would be a guy like Bill, A, a former tight end who is good at his job. He's good at it. Very good color okay, analyst. But, Very I mean, good. Where, where's the bar at? Like, is that the bar? If that's the bar, then, okay, I feel like we all have a chance. And because there's nobody that really lights up the room, somebody who's just okay is going to be elevated to the second coming of John Madden. So you were right on this. I was wrong because just listening to him kind of talk shop with Steve Young, there's a layer of expertise that none of these guys have. Mm-hmm. It's impossible for Greg Olson <clears throat> or really Tony Romo for that matter, to have the the amount of knowledge and expertise to dissect and understand what an offense is trying to do. And it's always going to be an offensive player because it's an offensive-driven league, and you want to get the perspective from an offense from the offensive side of the ball. That's why it's rare that you have defensive players calling off calling football games. Mm-hmm. They want an offensive player, uh, a tailback, a running back, a wide receiver. It's rare that you have defensive guys out there, but he is going to be – he's probably going to be great at it. People are going to want to nitpick him, but I think Brady will be so good out of the shoot that people will be like, boy, I'd love to rip him, but he did pretty and good. And I would say he doesn't need the gimmicks. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's going to be a pass. Like, he doesn't need the gimmicky Tony Romo stuff predicting every single play oh. that he can't do anymore. You don't want to hear Tom Brady with great googly moogly or something no, like that? No, no, no. Here's the funny thing is Tony Romo was able to predict those plays because he was he was literally six months out of the league, and he was calling games that he had played against, against coordinators that he knew with tendencies that he had already went over. Brady being a year out is already kind of figuring it out. Already, he just gonna, He's going to call a game like he's a freaking player. Uh, what other Super Bowl commercials are worth the damn that you've seen? The other one was the uh, that I thought was interesting was the Bud Light one, and it had nothing to do with. Is that the one that like did, there's one with like Dana White's in it, and there's a, well, it's a like couple, a, like they did almost like an ensemble, I guess. Um, it was like he's like a genie. It's like here comes the Bud Light genie, right? They, you can every a different wish strategy. It is, it is and that's Talk why about going from one pendulum to the it. other. That's that's why I was just laughing how in such a short period of time they hired the most expensive innovative uh, PR firms and advertising firms and said, listen, save us. Okay. Get a lot of ex players, get a lot of stupid dudes who want to do crazy, uh, you know, fantasy land type stuff. They also and then do that. They also went to a very male 18 to 34 brand in UFC yeah. as well. Yeah. And, I mean, and- of course that's, that's your wheelhouse. <laughs> Why you would ever deviate from that is amazing. So, 
That was it. That was the only one. And uh, the whole Brady apology. I guess that's my Brady apology. Well, what a perfect time for us to uh, get into the uh, guys who didn't didn't make it into the Pro Football Hall of Fame mm. because Tom Brady, they are going to have to work in the uh, Brady Hall of Fame ceremony into whatever they're going to do on Fox a couple years down the road. Uh, and the guys who made it in, um, a surprising group. The olds are Randy Grandishar, former Bronco, and Steve Mongo McMichael former United States heavyweight champion in WCW, or as he would say, the WCW. And I hate to say this about Mongo, but this was the, we need to get him in before he passes. He has ALS badly. He's in bad shape. Doesn't look like the Steve McMichael that you would think. And I do believe is with it enough to know that he made the Pro Football Hall of Fame because I do believe there was a photo of the seven who are going to get in, and the lady who was in that photo was representing Mongo is really what it was. And then there are the the modern-day guys, Julius Peppers, Patrick Willis, Andre Johnson, Dwight Freeney, and Devin Hester got in. Yeah. Where um, do you want to start? Julius Peppers. I think you and I are sharing a brain. Not a chance. Like, yeah. Are we talking about the like Hall of Fame? What compiler. are we talking about? I'm kind of with you. Played against them. Played with them. Not a chance. Not a chance. And who are we comparing them to? And, you know, of other Hall of Famers, well, it's, a, it's a standard look in the class. How about him and Dwight Freeney? Are they comparable? Not even, not even close. Dwight Freeney was just impossible to block. A never-ending motor. You change your entire blocking scheme for Dwight Freeney. You 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 devoted multiple people to block Dwight Freeney. You motioned out of your normal play to help on Dwight Freeney. Like even if you had everything perfect, he still would get free. The dude is one of the best I have listen, run blocking, they always stunted away. He never really manned up. It was that was not what he was good at. Um, but pass rusher? Forget about it. One of the best ever. Without a doubt for me. Yeah, I have no issue with Freeney getting in. Peppers? Uh, uh, uh no, I have no issue no, with no, Freeney but I'm getting like, in. Peppers? But yeah, I'm c I was I was kind of with you on but again, number one overall pick, you know, was an unbelievable athlete. Like, there's a... I, I'm almost in shock. There's a lot of history there where I think people romanticize about Julius Peppers. Played I mean, a lot of years, that again, whole thing. it's not a longevity award. It's a next-level award. I just never looked at Julius Peppers and said, wow, he's going to wreck our game. Now, he did wreck some games. Yeah. But <clears throat> there was no fear with him. I don't. I don't get it. Well, Patrick Willis, I thought was a lock to go in. It was really only a matter of time. I mean, arguably for an eight-year period, maybe the best middle linebacker in football, right there with uh, Luke Keekley at one point in time. I mean, Patrick Willis got out while the getting was good. He's still with it. Had an amazing career for the 49ers. Uh, quite a cherry on top of the Sunday for the 49ers for Patrick Willis to get in this year when the Niners are in the Super Bowl. And then Andre Johnson. Now, what's really funny about this with Andre Johnson to me is this is it is reflective of modern-day Madden 
thinking with all these wide receivers? Well, they're at 12,000 yards. They're at 100 touchdowns. They all go into the Hall of Fame. Just like, oh, the guy got 1,500 yards and 12 scores. You got to give him $25 million. Ah, it doesn't matter where he came from. Who cares? Look at the numbers. You got to give him all the money, da-da-da. The backlog on on good wide receivers, good to great wide receivers. I mean, two of the dudes that got left off the list of wide receiver this year were Reggie Wayne and Torrey Holt. And if it were modern day, there would be plenty of people out there willing to give all those guys $30 million a year because, by God, wide receivers are the bee's knees. But you're really realizing how difficult it is to get into the Hall of Fame. And I don't know about you, but Torrey Holt was really good. Reggie Wayne was really good. Andre Johnson was a little different, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, size, speed. Size, head, speed, like, head, longevity, yeah, head, who he played with, all that stuff. Yeah, and, um, you know, he also has the numbers to back it up, and he was just, he was tough, right? He was, his size more than anything, and just how strong he was stands out to me. But ultimately, the biggest thing for me is identifying that Rodney Harrison probably is never going to get in. Rodney Harrison was a snub, didn't get in, didn't Uh-oh. make it. What? I'm, I'm sent, I know, I'm, I'm no, almost... I almost feel like I want to play Angel from Sarah McLaughlin because you've now crossed over onto the, oh, it's just not going to happen for me. Uh, well, you know, I do think, and this has always been my fear, is that there's just somehow, it, again, I'll go back to John Lynch, Ed Reed, Troy Palomalu, Steve Atwater. Those are the guys that I have experience with. Mm-hmm. All those guys are in. And they all played around the same time. Rodney Harrison in, obviously, before Troy Palomalu, John Lynch before around the same time as Rodney Harrison, Ed Reed after, whatever. But they all, Steve Atwater earlier than all those guys. Darren Woodson also got left out. Darren as well Woodson, there's another class. one. Yeah. So, but Rodney, just, there's something about Rodney that I don't think voters want to get behind. And I do think it's the, it's the, he's a dirty player. And I think that's, that's it. Cause I'm telling you, he is, yeah. he is better. He is just as good and probably better than John Lynch. I hate to bring this up because Rodney was great with us. And even in the time that I've interacted with him, he's he's rough. Uh, there, that's, he's rough. That's a good way of putting he's, it. He's prickly. That doesn't help him at yeah, all in true. this instance. I think he's not I, don't, ask I don't think it's the uh I don't think it's the dirty player part of it as much as it is. I think Rodney has given people reasons not to like him because he can be I'll use that word rough and that doesn't help you in that room of 60 people that there are probably a handful of men there who'd be like yeah he's a D it just I mean I hate to say it but that feels like I don't hear as many people on the dirty player part of it maybe because the game isn't what it was but I can understand some of the makeup of those voters in that room of people who've probably had multiple sort of weird or cross or rough conversations with Rodney to where they don't want to get behind the guy. Yeah, and I would say this is the sport where it's okay to be a jerk. Agreed. But you, you're kind of like rewarded you for being... You need to a, to survive. Yeah, so... But it is interesting. I do think the way he's perceived as a player on the field is something, and I also would add in... Um, his willingness, I don't know, call it that, um, to be accommodating to certain people. But I would say the most writers who vote for this, who have a set, 
would appreciate that. I would, You're playing football. Yeah, you would think so. I, but the, it, it's one of those deals where it's maybe more uh, implied or inherent that, oh, we're trying to break the tie. And like when you're trying to do that, it ends up, oh, well, I like this guy versus I don't like this guy. Yeah, and it'll end up coming down between Darren Woodson and uh, Rodney Harrison. I don't know how many more years Rodney has left. I thought you got 10 and then you moved on. I'm not sure on on the rules. Devin Hester got in. You haven't said a word about it. I'm shocked. Because um, I love Devin Hester, oh, yeah. but he's, he's not a Hall of Famer. You know, it's like when you start putting in specialist, because that's what he's he's in there for, his returnability, part return, kickoff returns. Same like a guy like Adam Vinatieri, the kickers and the punters and all those guys. It's like, okay, who are we comparing him to? Are you forcing it in? Are you forcing the issue because there hasn't been a special teams guy that's been in there in a while? I don't know. I feel like they got him in because the kick return is being taken out of the game now. And it's almost like, well, here's the guy who was the best to ever do it under the rules when we actually let people run down and hit folks. Yeah. You know, like there's, it almost feels like he's a, a fossil kind of going into the Hall of Fame because, yeah, there'll never be anyone like him. I guess why I could deal with Devin Hester getting in is because he was involved in scoring. That's my argument for kickers, and I know that your your thoughts on kickers are uh, are uh, well noted here. <laughs> but they're involved in scoring plays, and I think that matters. In terms of the guys who didn't get in, here's the one who stood out to me. No Antonio Gates. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But, He's got better numbers than tight, anybody. Rough day for tight ends. Well, for me, yeah, it, a, you know, denying Greg Olson the the you know the you know actually walking away from him as one of the greats. You walk away from yeah. Greg Olson. Yeah, Antonio Gates doesn't get in, and your guy Rodney doesn't get in. As well. Antonio as Gates will get in. His numbers are just too are too good for him not to get in. Eventually. Well, I'll tell you what. Now, what is going to start to happen? It will be interesting. Is how will the uh, committee separate tight ends like Gates? from people like Tory Holt. Different position, but when you start looking at numbers, if you have a guy like Gates who has those big wide receiver type numbers at tight end, those dudes are going to move, I think, to the front of the line, whereas these wide receivers are just going to be like, eh, they're all pretty similar. You know, go ahead and pick one. Uh, by the way, Bill O'Brien, now head coach at BC, uh, that is done, and uh, we're working on some stuff maybe for next week on on that end. But uh, we'll have to get to Billy O at BC because, oh, man. <laughs> this is what you chose. This is this is what you chose. Hold on. Let me see. Does it get no, any no. better? Yeah, let it Hold go. On. Let it go because, hey, now, I got my... I got my Christian's tease. What did, what did you type in? Me. What did you type in? I just did background porn music. Okay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you can tell this was set up by Sexy Fourier. He picked the music, and we're about to sex it up for Big Deal, No Big Deal next. Watch us, love us. Just follow WEEI on Twitch. Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. Got anything to say for yourself? We didn't think it was that big a deal. No big deal. It's a big deal. Big deal. Nothing's a big deal. No big deal. No big deal. I don't know how to put this, but kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal in New England right now. No. 
big deal. You know what? Actually, I feel like this is no big deal. Not a big deal. Huh? Big deal. Who cares? Can't deal with it. Yeah, I can't deal with it. This is a huge deal. 20 years ago, would that have been a big deal? All right, big deal, no big deal. All right, so this is a um, this would be a heavy Twitch edition of Big Deal, No Big Deal. So if you're at home, if you're listening on the app, go to Twitch, follow W-E-E-I. If you're in your car, pull over. You're going to want to see this because I told you, I warned you, we're about to get a little sexy on this one. And forgive me if oh, I boy. insult anybody. Um, the uh, SI Swimsuit Edition, Gresh, are uh, you a fan? Oh, the swimsuit edition? Who yeah. isn't? I got eyes. Okay. Um, all right. So, Coop, go ahead and bring it up. Big deal, no big deal, Gresh. Brittany Mahomes uh, will be appearing in uh, the swimsuit edition of Sports Illustrated. And um, big deal, no big deal. Impressed or not impressed? I mean, I'm uh, not- I, I I guess the holy the, cow like the the big deal. You gotta part get to Twitch. The big deal part of it is that she's like, yeah, I'm not gonna apologize for Sports Illustrated coming along and wanting to throw her in a bikini and all that stuff, which is what we're sort of watching right now. Um, no one has gained more from the Taylor Swift rub than Brittany Mahomes. Really, even the NFL I, has not gotten the boost that. This you think she got a boost from the, the from the yeah. Brittany here? Yeah, Brittany Mahears. Yeah, Brittany. Uh, how many? How many Brittany Mahomes? I don't know. How many times have you heard people rip Brittany Mahomes this year? Whereas in the past it would be like the oh, I just want you to get out of here, go away, or I don't want to see you, or whatever. And Jackson Mahomes and all that. Now it's about Taylor and Kelsey, and people have forgotten that they used to not like this. See, girl. every time that they showed um, Brittany Mahomes uh, along with uh, Taylor Swift, it seemed like. It was like she was real thirsty to be part of the act, and it seemed really lame. And I thought she was getting a lot of pushback. But this, first of all, you know why it's a big deal for me? She's, I don't know what kind of magic or what type of like uh, spray paint they have, but she looks phenomenal. Much better than I ever thought she would look in oh, a bikini. Really? Yes. I don't know what your imagination kind of led you to believe, but she doesn't play this off normally. And I know it's Kansas City, but listen, I was yeah. impressed. For me, that was why it was a big deal. Um, I think it's a big deal because uh, their uh, Sports Illustrated is supposed to be dying. Not this part. <laughs> yeah, but then again, you're right. They got uh, they got all this going on. It's interesting. You think Patrick Mahomes had anything to say about that, or like, you think he was like, "Yeah, go put on the skimpiest bikini you can"? And go I, show I it. think it's interesting. You got to be proud, right? Because isn't it? Don't you get like bragging rights? Like, hey, I got this wife. She's got she's mother of my kids, and she's still super hot. Like, isn't that like what your hopes and your dreams would play out to be? Uh, I I would suppose so. Yeah, I would think so. All right, let's shift gears. Let's get off this because uh, Christian Gonzalez, former first round pick of the New England Patriots, is kind of making some news, and it has really nothing to do with um, football uh, per se, but more about who he's working out with. And go to Twitch again because there's a there was a video circulating of uh, Steve Smith a Senior. He posted a video of him oh! of him running routes and, and working out and rehabbing with Christian uh, Gonzalez. Um, now, for the record, if you go to Twitch and you watch this video, the last time uh, Steve Smith Senior played was back in 2016. And by the way, he is now 44 years old. That's right. You saw the video. I saw the video. It looks like the dude can still play. Big deal, no big deal. I mean, it's a big deal that it does look like he can still kind of go. And I think Orlovsky retweeted this Steve Smith senior thing and put out there, oh, he can get six for 70 right now, even though he's 44 years old. 
My angle on it was Steve Smith, I do believe, came back from a knee injury at one point yep, in time. Yep, yep. When he was older, too. Yep. doing it as well. So no, Gonzalez has got the shoulder. Oh, that's right. He's got a he's shoulder. shoulder. Yeah, he's got a shoulder. But so Steve he's running Smith around. No, good... no, no issues running around. Yeah, and then at the end of this, it says, to be continued. Is this bastard crazy enough to try to come back Probably. at 44? Probably, but it won't happen. Why not? Uh, no one's going to pay him. Let's bring him, him. Why, here. Why would you, why would you waste come a roster on. spot with him? Why would you waste a roster spot with a guy it's something that Bill just like turns do. into a gimmick? Yeah, it's something no, he's Bill done. Do. He's done. The fat, listen, he's a little nutty to begin with, so I, I would say stay the hell away from Steve Smith Sr. on your team at his age. He ain't changing. He was difficult to deal with when he was younger. He's probably worse now. Uh, but is it bad for Christian Gonzalez to be around this guy, considering he is a divisive character? It's a good question. It's, it, I know he does a lot with the draft. He's always judging cornerbacks because he has a, like a lot of knowledge as far as you know how to beat them. So I think he has an idea who's good. Listen, as many as as many vets that he can that Christian Gonzalez can get around, I think that's a good thing. I mean, I just – and the personalities are so vastly different. I don't think it's going to matter. Uh, real quick, a couple more I want to get to. So, uh, so far, okay, everybody's betting on the Super Bowl. The biggest reported wager so far, Gresh, as of Thursday night, $1 million on the 49ers money line, $600,000 on the 49ers money line, $500,000 49ers money line, uh, $500,000 uh, 49ers money line. Okay, big deal, no big deal. It's all on the 49ers and it's all the money line. No big deal. Why? 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 I mean, explain that to me. What do you? Uh, yeah, I mean, well, why? Well, why so much? It? The, the well, money spent or everybody going on? Well, the, the money spent seems nuts, but I think more about why the 49ers. Uh, well, and why the money line? Uh, a little bit of. Uh, I think there's a little bit of West Coast bias because it depends on where these numbers come from. I'm well, assuming some are Caesar, some are DraftKings. Okay, I think you're going to have a heavy Vegas influence of big bets coming in. Because it's relatively close, it's easy to get to Vegas. You even, you and I even talked about how it's going to be a 49er crowd in there for the uh, Super Bowl, and it's really all about the value. You know, the opening line was I think one and a half, which meant that the money line was going to be really skinny. So if you're going to say to a gambler, okay, you can mess around with the betting line, and it's minus one ten either way. Or if I can get the favorite at minus 125, pay a little bit more juice, take the points out of it, all they got to do is win the game, that's what the real sharps are looking for. How can I find the exact edge that's going to give me the most for my money, whether I'm on the winning end or the losing end of it in the end? And I think I already know the answer to this one. So Usher, who's doing the halftime show, will have one of the longest Super Bowl halftime shows in the history of the Super Bowl oh, at yeah. 15 minutes, yeah, do you about know? two minutes longer than yeah. usual. It's two extra minutes. That's a lot when it comes to halftime show. What? That's, that's like three songs, the way they chop their songs what up. Is this prom sex? Two minutes more. Boy, I'll tell you, you're a hero. But, but you know what I mean? Like, first of all, the, the halftime is longer than normal. Yeah. Uh, 15 minutes is, lo- uh, is, is a long time because normally you don't have enough time to go in and get a drink of water before you come back out. Everything's longer. Right, so they're going to set up there. Why give this guy two extra minutes? What what is it? What other songs that he have that he that he deserves more time than Prince, Backstreet Boys, Janet Jackson, Paul McCartney, you uh, Dr. Dre, all those guys? What? Why can him? I give you because he has a residency nope. in Vegas? Nope. Does he have more songs than those other guys? They need two extra minutes for the surprise. Oh Jesus! Don't tell me that you think Taylor Swift is going to perform. Oh no 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 no! But there'll be someone that isn't advertised, who's a friend of Usher, who I think will be thrown into it. That you'll be like, oh my God, I get a minute and a half of this person. 
Best halftime show do you that you actually remember would be? Up with people. That's a group? Yeah. Like you didn't just make that up. I swear to God, go to YouTube where we're because we gotta right, go. Okay. Go to YouTube, type in Super Bowl up with people. Might have been I hope it I think it's halftime. I don't think it's pregame. That's my hmm. favorite one. All right, well, I'll do that. That's a big deal, no big deal. There you go. Uh, hey, let's get to the uh, Super Bowl. Fourier and I are going to settle on what we think is finally going to happen, maybe some props we like, and Fourier will be amazed with Up With People next. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.